Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, November 11th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, voter participation in Mississippi was the lowest in the nation during Tuesday's midterm election. We examined some factors that led to low turnout. Then, on the anniversary of the Marine Corps' founding, a fallen veteran is remembered at Camp Shelby. Plus, on this Veterans Day, we talk to the new executive director of Mississippi's Office of Veterans Affairs. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Tuesday's voter participation in Mississippi was the lowest in the nation for the midterm elections. That's according to the Washington Post. At roughly 32 percent, the state was one of only two to turn out less than 35 percent of its eligible voters. The lack of participation drew the ire of the Democratic candidate for Congress for District 3, Shirosky Young. He said in a statement he was deeply disappointed by his party's turnout. Nasambi Lambright-Haynes is executive director of One Voice, a voter advocacy group. She tells MPB's Lacey Alexander, Mississippi voters face many hurdles on the way to the ballot. Mississippi does not have online voter registration. You still have a 30-day waiting period um, to get your um, voter registration card once you turn in a paper Um, application to register to vote. And even then, um, many individuals do not receive um, their registration card, which uh, tells them where to vote, you know, on election day as first-time voters sometimes. Um, We also have an antiquated absentee ballot process. So for individuals who vote in Mississippi and are not going to be home um, on Election Day, you have to wait until 30 days before the election. And if you're out of state or out of the country, you have to request an absentee ballot um, application and from your circuit clerk's office. And you have to send that application back in notarized, and then you receive a ballot. If it's approved, you receive a ballot, and then you have to get that ballot notarized. So it's a very antiquated process. 
And then for those who go into, you know, the courthouse, you have to go to, you know, your local courthouse in order to, um, you know, complete an absentee ballot. We do not have early voting. Um, like many people confuse uh, Mississippi with other states that have early voting, where you can actually go into your precinct uh, through the week and um, on the weekend, even on Sundays, in some cases, like our um, sister state, Louisiana, is vote on Sunday. So Mississippi is far behind, and that leads to a low voter turnout, in addition to ongoing problems with precincts shutting down, lack of notification about those precincts, and voter purging. And I could go on and on and on about um, barriers to voting um, in Mississippi, Um, but those are just a few. How would you grade Mississippi on informing its residents how to vote and where to vote? Like, where do you think the state stands? Where does it fail? Where does it succeed in letting its residents know what the voting process is and where to go? I would give Mississippi a D minus for informing voters um, about the election process. Um, And and that's just in terms of um, our statewide process looking at, you know, the Secretary of State's office um, as the main organization that is responsible um, for that information. So you can go on the um, Secretary of State's website and you can, you know, go through a few links to um, enter your name to find your precinct and to find out if you are indeed a registered voter. Um, But many people don't know that, and it's extremely difficult to navigate. And I've also seen where some people are not listed on the state website as registered voters, or their precinct may be wrong, and they can go to another site, like, for instance, like a Rock the Vote site, and their information will be correct on a national database. So um, I would actually give us a D minus. We do have some very committed um, and dedicated um, circuit clerks around the state that really, really manage elections well um, in their counties. And that is um, who kind of keeps us going. And hats off to them and all of the election commissioners that, um, you know, really work hard and all the poll managers and workers who really work hard to make sure that we have fair elections. You've talked about how we have a really old um, mail-in ballot system, about how we don't have early voting. Talk to me about some proposed solutions that maybe you or your organization really strongly believe in to make voting more accessible for people in Mississippi. Well, we have, um, through our um, election protection program, um, we are able to coordinate with um, groups throughout the state, uh, namely um, NAACP branches throughout the state and other local groups um, to host workshops, to host trainings for smaller groups so that um, there are eyes and ears in each community so that we can answer any questions, you know, that individuals have. We also have materials um, that help people prepare to vote. For the last few years, 
we've been talking about making sure that people prepare um, to vote in that they, um, you know, check their status, make sure that their precinct is still up and running um, before um, Election Day so that they can be ready. And we also have tools that help people understand um, the absentee voting process and our laws around um, the um, disenfranchisement of individuals with felony convictions as well. I know we've talked a lot about accessibility, which is, of course, a big issue. But in the with people that you've talked to, do you feel any kind of sense of apathy when it comes to voting in certain Mississippi communities? Could that be contributing to low turnout as well? No, I don't see a lot of apathy. Um, what I do see is a lot of frustration um, from individuals who um, may have been turned away from a polling place and uh, are reluctant to go back because they don't want to be um, turned away and refuse a ballot again, um, or they may be frustrated with the political process. Um, so I, I do see a lot of frustration with the political process, but I wouldn't call it apathy. Nasambi Lambright Haynes is the executive director of One Voice. Coming up on the anniversary of the Marine Corps' founding, a fallen Mississippi veteran is remembered at Camp Shelby. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Just want to make sure, since we're talking about batteries, charging and chargers, make sure that we do not add anything to a serviceable battery besides water, preferably distilled water. If it already has acid in it, you do not add more acid, nothing but water. Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10 a.m., Saturdays at 11 a.m., or anytime on the MPB Public Media app or from mpbonline.org slash radio. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Marine Lance Corporal Cassie Casanova was just 22 years old when she was killed in a roadside bombing in Iraq on May 8th of 2008. It was her first deployment. Yesterday, the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby in Hattiesburg was gifted a sculpture in recognition of the combat veteran. Museum curator Tommy Lofton says the memorial recognizes her as the first Mississippi woman to die in combat. We at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum work especially hard every single day to honor the memories and the sacrifice, those that sacrificed uh, their lives for our freedom throughout these halls and throughout these exhibits that you see in here. And today is no different, but it's a very unique day for us as a staff. Today we gather here to honor and remember Lance Corporal Casey Lynn Casanova of Macomb, Mississippi for her service and her sacrifice to our nation and our state. Casey's unique too to us because she's the first full collection that we've received from the Global War on Terror from anyone who, from the state of Mississippi who gave their lives. But she's also the first female, female Marine and female from the state of Mississippi who was killed in action in the Global War on Terror. And as we prepared this exhibit, we 
tried very hard to find someone before her, but we're pretty convinced she's the first female in Mississippi's history to die on the battlefield. And so we're quite honored especially to have her here for that notoriety as well. Lofton says in addition to the bust, the museum has a full array of Casanova's artifacts from her time in service. Ashley Copeland, a childhood friend of Casanova's, was at yesterday's ceremony, and she spoke with our Rhonda Dunaway. We went to church together. We were kids together. And then, um, I mean, I married a Marine years before she enlisted in the Marine Corps. Um, But we had that bond, too. When she decided to enlist in the Marine Corps, uh, what was your reaction? So she had already enlisted when I got to see her again. Like I said, I was already married to a Marine, so we were living in North Carolina when she enlisted. But I did get to see her right before she left for Iraq. My husband was deployed at the time, and we bumped into each other at the Mexican restaurant. And she was excited. She was happy to be going and serving. That's who she was and what she did anyway. Those are, it, it sort of validated all her beliefs, the things that she thought about life. What, what, can you tell us something about what that would be? Of course. So courage and commitment are principles and key traits of the Marine Corps, but Casey was all of those things before the Marine Corps. She had more integrity than most people. She sought to be around people and love people and serve people long before the Marine Corps. So I don't know if it validated her, but it suited her well. Really, any of our friends in the Marine Corps, um, when they tell me they chose the Marines, I'm never really surprised by who it is. And I wasn't surprised when it was her. The man responsible for the sculpture is Cliff Leonard. He himself is a veteran Marine who served in Vietnam. Leonard has commemorated dozens of fallen service personnel through his work. For years, I have called these Marines that I have sculpted um, my little brothers, and they truly are my little brothers. They're all 30 or 40 or 50 years younger than I am. I guess about today, I'll start after calling them my little sisters and my little brothers. <clears throat> Once I unveil the piece, you'll see that Casey is not staring straight ahead like in most sculptures. She's in a eyes right position. In the military, when you pass in review and the dignitaries are looking at you, a command of eyes right will be given. That eyes right command is a salute to the dignitaries. Um, so I have Casey in an eyes right position. And I sculpt my Marines that way because as they um, are passing through the gates of heaven, they're given the eyes right command to salute St. Peter as they take their new post, as it states in our Marine Corps hymn, to be guarding the streets of heaven. It is my honor to present to Casey, to her mom, and to all her loving friends, God bless, simplify,
Yesterday marked the 247th anniversary of the establishment of the Marine Corps. Coming up on this Veterans Day, we talk to the new executive director of Mississippi's Office of Veterans Affairs. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The MPB Kids Club birthday party is Saturday, November 19th from 10 a.m. until noon at MPB. It's a big celebration with lots of fun and engaging activities like face painting, arts, book giveaways, and more. Plus, get your picture taken with Ed Said and PBS's Molly of Denali. You don't have to be an MPB Kids Club member to attend. For more information and to register, log on to education.mpbonline.org. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Today is Veterans Day. The holiday's origins are rooted in World War I, when on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, an armistice was declared between Allied forces and Germany. In the aftermath of World War II and the Korean War, Armistice Day in the United States became known as Veterans Day. In recognition of the service of veterans, MPB News talked to the new executive director of the Mississippi Office of Veterans Affairs. Our Michael Guidry has that conversation with Mark Smith. Veterans Day means we're honoring the the, uh, service members, men and women, who have served this country honorably uh, to ensure that we can preserve the rights that we've all become accustomed to. Uh, One of these rights we exercised earlier this week by voting one of the most important things we as Americans can do every day. Uh, Me being a retired military uh, member myself, uh, I have a son that's on active duty in the Air Force stationed in uh, Germany, and uh, I have another son that uh, spent 10 years in the Army flying drones. And so we're a very military family. We we love the service. Uh, Our our service members sacrifice so much, and they're, they're... Significant others sacrifice so much, and their children sacrifice. And if you've never been in the military, it's just really hard to comprehend sometimes all of the football games that you miss and all the plays that you miss and all the birthdays that you miss because you are serving your country and and you signed a contract that says, hey, you know, I will gladly give give this country my life to defend the freedoms that we currently have. There's no, no other profession that does that. So it's really an honor to work here and to serve our veterans in our homes and, and when they pass uh, to give them dignity uh, in their uh, burial proceedings. And we, we, we thank you first for your, for your service and, and your family, uh, that, that continued line of service. Uh, as a retired veteran who is uh, now you know, leading Veterans Affairs, what are, what, what are some of the things that you see that Mississippi do, does well uh, when it comes to serving veterans in the state? We as an agency, uh, everybody here uh, has the, the, the highest concerns for our veterans. Uh, 
you know, we we push each other every day to make sure that, that each of us, whatever capacity we have in the agency, we make sure that the veterans are taken care of, we make sure that their families are taken care of, the ones who reside in our homes, we make sure that, that they receive superior care every day, and we make sure that if their families have concerns or they, they want special things for their family member there or want us to know things that we're very attentive to their wants and needs to take care of them. But we also realize that that our legislature uh, and our elected officials in Mississippi really love our veterans too. They have provided so much money for a renovation we're doing in Collins. We're building a brand new home uh, on the coast in tradition, a 100-bed facility there, state-of-the-art, because our legislature understands that 40% of our veterans are located in the bottom six counties, which this makes it easier for the families to visit the service members who are in the home. And uh, they've provided funding for a, a new Jackson home uh, that's coming up, hopefully in the, the near future, if we can acquire the federal funding match. The state legislature has already given us the state match, and hopefully the, we'll receive the federal match this coming April, but um, the legislature and all the elected officials, uh, they've also provided um, in thinking about the veterans and thinking about their families and, and some of the, the hard things that happen every day with our veterans trying to get services or disability claims, they provided $8.5 million last legislative session to redo the um, War Memorial Building, and the purpose in that is so that us as the Mississippi Veterans Affairs, uh, the Mississippi National Guard Association, the VFW, the Disabled American Veterans, the uh, American Legion, all of us will be located in the War Memorial Building, which will facilitate that and ease the processes of uh, our veterans filing claims for disabilities or getting assistance in whatever way that they need to. We will all be under one roof, and thanks to them, the funding was approved, and that project is currently uh, working, and hopefully within the next 12 months, uh, we'll, we will all be moved in there and providing services under one roof. Uh, you mentioned some of the things that you have in the works and some of the things that the Veterans, uh, uh, the veterans Affairs uh, does, uh, you know, Stepping into this role, what are some of the things that you've that you've identified that you want to prioritize um, to to improve uh, veteran affairs relationships in Mississippi? Yeah, one of the major things um, that I've I've seen and, and taught the people across the state is transportation to the VA hospital. Uh, we have veterans who live all over the state and the you know in the Delta and Northeast Mississippi, and um, one of the, the the concerns that, that I hear on every trip that I take is, you know, I'd love to go get uh, see my doctor at the VA, but, but I don't have the money to pay for the gas or I don't have a vehicle that will make it all the way there, which then if they're qualified for Veterans Affairs health care, then they're not getting the health care that they're, they're entitled to. So one of the things uh, that we're working on this legislative session is to try to figure out a way uh, – to get some money to come up with a way to transport uh, members of our prior members of the military to get them transportation to the clear, closest VA hospital 
or the closest VA support facility so they can get the health care that they deserve. And that's one of the things that, that, that we're going to work on during the legislative session coming up. Mark Smith, Executive Director, Mississippi Veterans Affairs, uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to share what you and the agency uh, is doing, and, and thank you and your family for your service. Yes, sir. It was an honor to serve. Thank you for talking to me today. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.